You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy E-Man. Yo, what up, everybody? This is your boy E-Man, episode 19, Average Joe Sports Talk, back at it again. Can you believe it's week four already in the NFL? And this week, we actually find out, found out uh, who the contenders were and which team were the pretenders. You know, we had that fork on the road where you have some undefeated team that were, we were very surprised to be undefeated. And there's some teams that were still undefeated and actually showed up and played. And then some teams that were kind of on the bubble that came up and actually made their mark and became contenders. But of course, let's start with, I think, the best team in the NFL, the team to beat, the Rams. Listen, man, the Rams, Madden-style football. And when I mean Madden style, I'm not talking about the coach. I'm talking about the video game. Come on. This is insane. This team is so loaded. There was a reason why they kept the quarterback that they drafted in the first round, Jared Goffham, and let go of Jeff Fisher, the coach. Remember, he got benched the first year because Jeff Fisher thought the kid wasn't bright and blah, 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 blah. Dude, he had no idea what he was talking about. Here comes Sean McBay. This guy's a freaking offensive genius. I mean, it's like plays after play. The kid has a, a, a mind out of this world when it comes to offense. And you know what? He has a good system because two years in a row has worked well and shown success for this team. And now people are calling Jared Goff, of course, a systems quarterback. Everybody, don't get it twisted. Jared Goff is the real deal. Okay, the kid has the arm strength. The kid does have great pocket presence. The system works if the quarterback works. So the quarterback is making the system. The system is making the quarterback. So this is kind of like a 50-50 split. You need one to feed the other. And in this case, McBay found his quarterback because those throws that Jared Goff made on Thursday to Cooper Cup to Brandon Cook was just plain insane. He had the second best game of the week. I mean, Jared Goff, man, threw for 465 yards and five touchdowns, all career high. What about this kid? This guy's the truth, man. Cooper Cup, second year in the league. He's had a touchdown in every single game, had 162 yards. One was a 62 bomb, two TDs. Brandon Cooks, another 160. He had three receivers over 100 yards. Brandon Cook had 116 yards. Robert Woods had 101 yards. They all had a touchdown. Todd Gurley had 73 yards on receptions over the air, had a touchdown himself. Again, you got receivers on every end that could go over 100 and break out a big play. Not just a slot. Gurley is another receiver, okay? Because he, he's been splitting this like crazy. 73 yards receiving and four receptions. Come on, man. It's just not fair. It's video game numbers. Okay, Gurley also rushed for like 43 yards. Let me see how much Gurley... Yeah, Gurley rushed for 83 yards. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, this guy had freaking 160-something. 156, 59 all scrimmage yards with a touchdown. This is like every game. It's just not fair. Look, Minnesota played good. They played great. It's a tough defense to to go you know to to go against you know they couldn't hold Goff or any of those receivers and don't get me wrong man you know Cousins had a good game man he 422 uh, total passing yards three touchdowns you know had that fumble at the end you know but listen Cousin you get what you pay for he's the highest paid quarterback but he's a franchise quarterback hasn't proven eliteness yet so I don't put him as an elite quarterback right now Cousins. It's going to be the franchise quarterback. It's going to be the quarterback that's going to lead this Vikings team until he doesn't pull a game like they had the opportunity on Thursday night against the Rams. Then you cannot put him on that elite list of uh, Rodgers, you know, of Andrew Luck, of Brady. And I think Goff is becoming elite. No doubt about it. But either way, it was a great game. I, I mean, dude, Thielen is still eating like crazy. 135 yards on a TD. Diggs, 123. I mean, they battled. They definitely battled. You know, the, I think the edge went to uh, the Rams because they just they just do it on the ground and over the air. It just, it's just wrong. But it was a great game. I'm telling you, Jared Goff is the man. And Sean McVay is a freaking genius when it comes to offense. 
It is what it is, man. All right, moving on to the Bears and the Bucks, man. And Mitchell Trubisky was balling out out of control. Balling out out of control and Mitchell Trubisky in the same sentence, I know it doesn't go together. Because this is a guy, this is a team that runs first and passes second. This dude looked like Aaron Rodgers against the Buccaneers. He threw for six touchdowns all over the year. He was moving in the pocket and throwing 50-yard bombs. Yo, Cohen had seven receptions, 131 yards. Gabriel and, and Robinson, all these guys. Trey Burton, two receptions for 86 yards. It was just out of control. Six touchdowns a guy threw. He, he torched the Bucs, man. Torched the Bucs. Did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game because of the way that's the way the Bears win. They don't score this much, but they destroy the Bucs, man. They shellack them, 48-10. to 10. And the Fitzmagic train fairy tale comes to an end. Out go Fitzmagic. In comes famous groping Jameis. And they made it known this week that famous Jameis, famous groping Jameis, is going to feel his way back into the lineup and he's going to be a starting quarterback. So Fitzmagic give you a pretty bad half of football and you're going to sit him down. I understand. Sorry. Poor guy. Now he goes from Fitzmagic to Fitz tragic, like he has in his career. And Jameis is in. Bucks were definitely pretenders definitely pretenders and the bears hey the bears showed up man the bears are now three and one this is this is pretty amazing i mean the bears what trubinsky did i was not expecting at all he killed my fantasy teams bro because everybody that had the super flex had trubisky as your second quarterback destroyed the league destroyed the league and talking about some contenders man so you know of course you know i gotta give a, I gotta give a shout out to the local squad the dolphins man dolphins were coming in this this week three and oh against the wounded animal of the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, who were one and two, lost the last two. A surprising loss by the Patriots to the um, to the uh, Matt Patricia Lions, you know, the protege, one of the protégés from uh, Mr. Belichick's system there. And, you know, he was he had two horrible games that he had back-to-back was Brady. He was a wounded animal. So all week, all you heard here in South Florida was, hey, it is time. It is time to take the crown. It is time to um, kind of like break that chokehold the Patriots had in the for the last two decades in this division. The Dolphins are 3-0, and man. They got to make their mark. They got to make their staple. This is every single radio talk show, every sports radio, local sports radio um, show was bragging this week that we're going to go to uh, Foxborough and take it easy. So I don't know what, what are these Dolphin fans or these you know, uh, radio sports talk heads here and down in South Florida were thinking, but they don't, they, they really forget that it's Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick. Brady, it's a slow starter traditionally every september this year he has the worst core of receiver he's ever thrown the ball to it's gonna get better now when edelman gets back and bro it's the dolphins three and oh became three and one pretty freaking quickly and as soon as this game was when halfway and it was 24 nothing all the fans in south florida snapped back to reality oops there goes gravity everybody came down from earth came down to earth pretty quickly the dolphins could not find anything to work during this game. Tannenhill threw for a total of 100 yards. 11 for 20, yeah, you know, not bad, right? But he could not, he had a pick, he could not do anything. I mean, they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't catch the ball, they couldn't move the ball. It was 38-7, a trash touchdown at the end. But Brady, again, you know, came back, three touchdowns, threw two picks, which the only positive highlight for the Dolphins is those two picks. They're leading the uh, league in, um, in picks for the year so far. But let me tell you something, man. Right now, Edelman's coming back out of the four-game suspension. Gordon, Josh Gordon, had two receptions of 32 yards. Josh Gordon mindset, you know, does he stop smoking weed and, you know, substance abuse mindset is kept on check. If he doesn't go out there and go crazy and his, you know, smacking hose mentality is kept in check. You know, there's none of this domestic disturbance is kept in check. This kid is not going to put Randy Moss numbers. 
but he's going to be a threat in that lineup, especially with Edelman coming back. He has the size. He's a deep threat. As physically this kid gets in the shape that it needs to be, I think I think New England's going to they have a run in them. They'll make a run. They'll make a run because let me tell you something. The running position, the running back position is on check. Sonny Mitchell came back. Michelle came back and got busy. 112 yards and scored a touchdown. What can you say about James White? There's a reason why they let go of uh, Deion Lewis, like Gary Blount, because even, you know, because they knew they have enough backs. You know, come on, James White had carried the ball late time, 44 yards, had a receiving touchdown and, a, and, and you know, and a uh, rushing touchdown. White, again, eight receptions, 68 yards. So this is the kind of game they have. He has more receptions and more yards than the wide receivers, than Dorsett, than Patterson, than Gronkowski. But when Edelman gets back, he's going to hit that slot hard and Josh Gordon actually gets, gets straight. It's going to be a tough team. It's gonna be a tough team to um, to mess with. The Dolphins were contenders, but in reality, they're pretenders. That three that three and record was a mirage. Let's see what happens next week, right? Back to the drawing board there, uh, Adam Gase. Atlanta Falcons, man, they are not they are no they are on a lucky streak right here, man. So how can a team puts back to back over thirty point over thirty five point games and lose both games? This was a shootout between um, Matty Ice. And the Red Pelican, that's what I like to call the, uh, Andy Dalton. He's a red rifle, but, you know, I don't think he has a rifle. Andy Dalton threw balled out. 337 yards, 33 touchdowns, tough comeback. Last seven seconds left, hit A.J. Green with a tough play and a nice catch. You know, Tyler Boyd, this is the second-year player. I mean, this rookie, he's doing his thing. Um, I'm telling you, um, it's a shame they lost uh, Tyler Eifer. Even he had a nice touchdown in the first half, but they lost him to the year. Now, dude, Atlanta. I mean, Matty Ice, man, he's he's had, he's put two great back-to-back games, over 400 yards passing, three TDs. I mean, bro, what's up with Julio Jones? Cannot find the end zone, but still putting up 150 yards, 173 yards. Oh, man. And this kid really is the real deal, man. He had two touchdowns. He's, he's definitely the truth. But, man, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a shame. It was a great game. It was a shootout. Took to the last second to AJ Green to make a great catch and a great throw by Andy Dalton. And uh, I think right now, the... Um, Cincinnati's the Cincinnati Bengals are three and one, but I think this is pretenders. You know, they're pretenders. I don't think they're contenders yet. But you know, kudos are on a nice little streak, man. But hey, feel bad for the Falcons, man. They're putting up a lot of numbers out there and they're still getting their asses kicked. You know what I'm saying? Back to the joint ones. I mean, the Falcons need to reinvent themselves. And what about the tale of two coaches? Huh? What do you think of the tale of two coaches, huh? That's what I call the Titans versus the Eagles. So again, the Tennessee Titans tighten up, y'all. They actually have tied it up the last three games because they're on a three-game winning streak after losing to the Dolphins in the opening game, the opening game of the season. Ugly game, game two. They beat the they beat they beat the Texans. It was like eighteen to seven. It was something really bad. They won last week against Jacksonville nine to six, nine to six. It was like a it was a baseball game going on right there. That's that's pretty much what it was. And then they come back, all right. And they and they and they actually they, they came back and they beat the the Eagles. So they it was an insane game because it was also another overtime game that that took. That went to overtime and it required a field goal. But first to start, Mark Bravel. So far, this guy is like the guy with the biggest balls out in the world, man. He knows what he's doing. This guy's the man. I mean, everybody's loving him in Tennessee. They're anointing him, they're anointing him like the next coming of like the greatest coach of Belichick of all time. You know, Mariota has been hurt. He got hurt in the first game, set out in the second, had to come in in that third game. Uh, had a, a great game, two TDs, especially that Corey Davis touchdown, man, to tie the game and send it into overtime. Mariota also had a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. I mean, 46 and, you know, proving that he's, he's feeling healthy. I think, of course, the Titans are pretenders. It's not going to last. I mean, this right now, they're they're writing a nice little, uh, you know, fairy tale story going on here. But, you know, decided Mike Rabel decided to not to take a risk. They were on their own, their own territory and, you know, decided to punt the ball. It was the right decision. They go into overtime after that touchdown by Corey Davis and they win. They kick a field goal and they win the game. Unlike the second coach, Frank Reich, Texas against Colts. 
another 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 great game. He went to overtime. And and look, I'm gonna give credit to Frank Reich. He's definitely given the freedom to to Andrew Luck. Finally, has a quarterback that's offensive minded. I like the uh, their aggressiveness. And you know what? Luck had the best game of the year so far. Yes, he flinged it 62 times, which is a career high. Threw for 464 yards and four TDs. You know, he also ran for 11. Not bad. Watson, you know, threw a pick, but he's getting better after this injury. What happened here is that, you know, they were on their own 43rd. And they decided to go for it on fourth down instead of punting. So Frank Reich said, hey, I'm going to make that call 10 out of 10. They messed up the fourth down. Here comes here comes the Texans. You know, slot, you know, pass down the middle by... um. By watching my call by DeAndre Hopkins, and guess what? They kicked the field goal to win the game. Insane. So one decides it to play a conservative, punt it, and then get the ball back and win. And overtime, the other decides to just put balls to the walls, which is Frank Reich, and he said that he'll make that call ten out of ten because he's here to, you know, to put points on the board and and you know have good offensive game for this team, and he'll do it all over again. And loses the game. I don't know, man. Who do you give credit here? Bravo because he wins, getting all the love. Frank Reich is getting all the memes out there and all the bashing, like, hey, dude, you know. Were you drinking something? Were you smoking something? I know. I think in this case, yeah, either one, either one is fine. I think if, if it would have worked out, everybody would have been giving props to Frank Reich of how big balls he has because he, he, you know, he decided to make it, you know, and do his thing. But hey, man, I give him credit. Andrew Luck's best game of the year. I am happy for Andrew Luck who keeps coming back, getting back to the old Andrew Luck and the shape and the kind of uh, level of game that he's, he's used to. You know what I'm saying? All right. Moving on to the next game. What can we say about the Lions and Cowboys? Nothing. It was all Zeke. Um, it was all uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke bowled out, sending a career high in all-purpose yards, made a clutch catch to um, set up the game-winning field goal. That's pretty much what you had. It was, um, you know, Detroit is definitely a pretender. Eh, Detroit ain't got to do nothing. This whole Dallas team is, is Zeke. I'm telling you, man, that Prescott is not looking great. He had two touchdowns, but that offense doesn't look... If you take Zeke out of that offense, everybody, you're done. You're so done, it's not even funny. Because the he had a receiving touchdown. And then he he freaking rushed for 152 yards. This guy's this guy's it's, it's out there with Gurley. I think he's the second best running back. I think it's, you know, to me, the top running back is Gurley, Zeke, and then Kamara. With my boy uh Saquon Barkley moving up there pretty quick. But again, you know, hey, Golden Tate had a huge game. Matthew Stafford threw for 307 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think this defense from the Lions, which again, Matt Patricia is supposed to be the this, you know, the defense whisperer, which I don't remember New England having great defense in all these runs, right? I don't know why this guy's considered such a defensive guru. But again, the Lions are pretenders are one and three. You know, the Cowboys are two and two. Both teams are just setting themselves up. I'm lucky that the you know the division for the Giants is okay. You know, hey, not bad, but hey, it's just one of those games that I just wanted to mention because Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott balled out with a ton of all-purpose yards, set a career-high record. Talk about pretenders. Well, you can't really say pretenders because both of these teams that I'm going to hit up next were had losing records. But what a roller coaster ride it is for a a Browns fan. Being a Browns fan is kind of like gives you a heart attack. So, you know, Baker Mayfield gets his first start. It was a roller coaster's first start for Baker Mayfield. He starts out hot, man. He hits, he hits, uh, he hits the receiver for a 52-yard score. I mean, he looked good. Baker Mayfield looked good in the first half. And, you know, this game was kind of in the pocket, man. I mean, at one point, the Raiders started making a comeback. I mean, let's look at the line. Baker went 21 for 41, 295, two for two touchdowns, threw for two picks, and also fumbled it twice. And I'm going to get back to that stat line. David Carr, 437, four touchdowns and two interceptions. Hey, you know, Marshawn Lynch had a monster game, 130. That's what he does. He grinds and he pounds. Nick, yo, this the rookie um, for, um, for the Browns, Nick Chubb had a ridiculous game, you know, only three carries were 105 yards because both of them were long runs. And Carlos Hyde is doing his thing, man. He's uh, 22 for 82 yards and one touchdown. If the Browns keep putting points 
like this, with this lineup, the future looks bright. First, let's take the good. Baker Mayfield put up more points in one game than Tyrod Taylor did in two and a half games that he started. Okay? That's the bright spot. Yes, they got shafted on a first down call. That was a first down. Nobody reviews first downs after they measure the damn ball. And then they reviewed it again after they overturned it. Yes, you got shafted Browns fans. No doubt about it. But don't blame it on the call. You put yourself in a position that you shouldn't have. You had a sizable lead. The Browns had a sizable lead. This game was in the bag. But when your quarterback turns it over four times and two of those, a pick six for a touchdown and another and the fumble that put that put them in that put the uh, Raiders in position to tie the game. Come on. That should have never happened. You can't turn the ball over four times. I don't care who you are. Your quarterback cannot turn the ball over four times. Let's take the good with the bad. This is the bad. This is the bad of a rookie quarterback as Baker Mayfield. He's going to learn. He's going to make mistakes. Give him credit. Offense was very, very balanced. And this is the best game the Browns have had in probably 10 years. The future looks bright. No doubt about it for the Browns. But that's going to be a learning curve for Baker, man. It's not all anointment and oils. It's not all of, uh, oh, he's the man. He could, he could catch it and receive it. No. He made some mistakes. And it cost you guys the game. Yes, bad call by the refs. But the Browns put themselves in that position. Your quarterback put you in that position by having by turning the ball over four times. That's it. Stop screaming. Be happy. It was a good game. And the future looks bright. And what about Alvin Kamara? Hmm. Alvin Kamara. Because I'm not going to talk about the Saints versus the Giants. Freaking Alvin Kamara was the whole, whole story in that game. Because if Alvin Kamara was playing by himself, with no quarterback, no wide receiver, guess what? They still would have beaten the Giants. Because Alvin Kamara was the whole story and offense for both teams. Alvin Kamara single-handedly kicked the Giants' ass on Sunday. So here I am, my squad. Remember what I said, the Giants are my squad. And I'm always going to mention the Giants, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. And after having a great game the weekend before and, you know, and beating the Texans, here we go again. So Pat Sherman says that Eli did try to take risks down the field. I didn't see that. I saw the game. I didn't see that. All I saw was Alvin Kamara scoring three touchdowns, rushing over 100 yards, and catching for another 47 yards. Because in this game, if you tell me that Drew Brees will only throw for 217 yards and no touchdowns, and if you tell me that Michael Thomas was only going to have four receptions, I would say, man, that was a pretty close game. Well, the Giants actually won. No, because not only Kamara scored all the touchdowns, we did not show up. The Giants did not show up. Although Beckham, again, I don't understand. Seven yards, seven receptions, 60 yards, dink and donk football. Shepard's had two back-to-back games. That's great. He's your second receiver. This is the guy that gets the scraps. Only bright spot, again, is Saquon Barkley. Had another touchdown, 44 yards rushing and 10 carries. Quarter 56, quarter six times 56 yards. I am happy with Saquon Barkley. But I did not see any downfield, downfield attempts. Bro, it's not like the Saints have the best secondary in the world. They've been giving up the second most points in the league. I don't get it. OBJ had 111 reception yards on 10 catches against Jalen Ramsey. It has not showed up in the next three games. I don't know what it is. I mean, the Giants offense, they got to figure it out, man. They cannot go on like this, especially, thank God the division is weak. But we cannot go on like this. I mean, Eli is putting great percentages numbers in regards to completion, but not a lot of yards. I mean, it's like he's managing the game and there's no risk being taken. I know if he go ahead and, you know, does... Takes risks and starts turning the ball over like crazy and throwing picks. You know, hey, whatever. So they're doing this whole dink and dunk Eli, which is not going games, to get. The game is too explosive nowadays. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, I am so, like, frustrated with this team. 
again, the Giants are one and three. The panic button, I'm not going to press it yet until next week. Man, rough game, rough game. OBJ, I had, you know, Michael Thomas. I said, these guys are going to light it up, man. And it started that way because, you know, they. it was a quick uh, a quick touchdown to Sherpin. I was like, yeah, here we go. Then after that, everything went quiet. So I didn't make any money. I lost a lot of money this week also. So thanks a lot. I hate this game, not only because the Giants lost, but most of my offense was geared in my daily fantasy lineups on this freaking game. Rookie mistake. I know. I know. All right. And uh, moving on to Monday night football. Cheese versus Broncos. Mahomes is the real deal, folks. This kid is the real deal. I mean, this kid is such an athlete. I actually tweeted a um a clip from um, overtime in high school. This kid is like giving somebody a facial, man, playing basketball, going down the court in a fast break and just dunking this kid. That's a great of an athlete. Before the game, they were showing him fling this ball like 90 yards. I mean, 90 freaking yards. This kid was slinging that dude in, in warmups. I mean, the kid has a gun, great pocket presence, has 14 touchdowns, total 15 because he ran one yesterday too. Three, another 300-yard game, no picks. He's the truth, man. He has some good weapons and Kareem Hunt, uh, Travis Kelsey, and I know that, um, and of course, uh, Tariq Hill, who did not score a touchdown yesterday, but I mean, he has so much, so much good weapons, man. I know, um, Sammy Watkins got uh, hurt and, you know, was carted off the field, but they have so many weapons that this kid is definitely the real deal. I mean, Andy Reid did it right, set him one year behind. Alex Smith learned a lot. The kid also has great, great IQ when it comes to playing football, but 14 TDs with no INT start the season is ridiculous. Case Keenum, this is what Case Keenum does in a team that doesn't have a good line. This is what Case Keenum numbers put up when he was with the Rams during the Jeff Fisher era. Kirk Cousins is putting great numbers. That's why they didn't, they didn't resign Case Keenum. So even though it was a close game, a nice, a great comeback by Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, even, even that left-handed throw that he did when he switched hands. I mean, this kid is just so unorthodox, but at the same time has such great talent. Such great talent. And that gun, man, that, 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 that freaking cannon he has for an arm is just insane. Great game. Great comeback. Yo. Props to Mahomes. He's the real deal. This kid is going to be an elite class pretty freaking soon. So here we go, man. Yo, week four is in the books. I mean, I didn't hit every game, but I hit the games that I thought that were meaningful to me. Moving on to baseball. So yesterday we had the two tiebreakers in the NL in the National League. We had National League West uh, tiebreaker uh, yesterday also with National League East. And the Brewers took down the Cubs 3-1. to one. Now the Brewers take the division. They're the champs. And then the Cubs are going to play the loser or the, the loser of the Rockies and Dodgers. And the Dodgers beat the Rockies 5-2. to two, So, therefore, right now, uh, the Colorado Rockies and the Cubs are playing each other on the uh, National League uh, wild card game. So, I'm going to give a little update. It's one nothing Chicago. I mean, uh, the Colorado right now. And I'm going to go out on the limb. My prediction here is going to be, I think, uh, Chicago comes back. Chicago comes back. I think Chicago has a better team. Chicago has. They're playing in Chicago as well. And, you know, Lester is on the mound. Second inning. I know it's early. I'm going to limb my friends. I am going to go with Chicago on this one. And they're going to move on to um, to the uh, wild card round. But the Brewers, you know what, man? Nobody expected the Brewers to uh, to finish up the Cubs. They win the NL Central. The Dodgers clinch a sixth straight NHL West title after they beat the Rockies. I mean, hey, Manny Machado has been a, was a great pickup. And that's great. I mean, it's great for baseball. This is the first time there's been two tiebreakers to, uh, you know, to kind of like decide who's going to play in the playoffs. That's pretty crazy. Two tiebreakers. I don't, I don't think all the years that I watch baseball, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Now, on Wednesday, we're going to have the Yankees uh, playing the um, the Athletics. And, of course, I'm a Yankee fan. Severino is going to get the start on this one. And I am definitely, and then uh, Liam Hendricks, 
I am going to go with my Yankees on this one, even though the athletics scares me a little bit because they made a tough run. It's a Yankee stadium, but it's they made a tough run to catch up with the Yankees. Severino is our stud, and I think Severino is going to pull it off. They have to pull it off, dude. I, I would not watch baseball for the rest of the preseason. So, yeah, I'm going to give prediction. I'm going to give the Yankees. Uh, Yankees are going to take this one, and I believe the Yankees are going to go to the next round. And after the after both games are over, after tonight's game, Colorado and the Cubs and the Yankees tomorrow and the A's are over, I'm going to come back and do a segment on my prediction for both leagues on who's going to who's going to advance, who's going to who's going to make it to the World Series, and who's going to win it. I'm going to give a little baseball prediction here. So, um, talking about my Yankees, man, you know, it was a surprising season having the injuries of Judge three quarters out of the season, the week starting rotation. I mean, the Yankees not too shabby. They won 100 games, right? I mean, the only reason why we 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 finished second is because Boston was playing out of out of out of control all season long and we broke the single season home run record, 265. Again, we're going to have Judge for the out for most of the season. Our number nine hitter hit 20 home runs. Andujar and Glaber Torres, great rookies who picked up the slack. Hap was a surprising trade, was probably our best pitcher in the second half of the season. And look, Tanaka came back and battled. And I hope that we have some juice, man, uh, to take it to the preseason. Pitching is important in the preseason, but I'm happy with, with the season the Yankees had. Yes, maybe people thought they were going to win that division because they didn't think Boston was that strong. But hey, man, you know, Mookie Betts and J.D. And J.D. Martinez, those guys, nobody expected them to put numbers like that. So, you know, hey, props to my Yankees and definitely taking that game tomorrow, man. And then after that, we'll run the tables. And on the closing segment, I'm not going to have um, Enfuego headlines or top fives, any other good stuff today. I think we had a lot of, a lot to go over in the NFL and hit some baseball while we're at it, too. But, man, uh, I'm going to give a closing statement and, and give shout out and, and props to David Wright and the Mets fans. You know, for one last night to remember, David Wright is was a class act in baseball. You know, fortunately, this guy did not play the length of career that he should have. He should have because of injuries. I mean, through the last three years, you know, spinal stenosis, multiple back surgeries. Once your back goes out, it reminded me a lot of Mattingly, of uh, Don Mattingly for the Yankees. Don Mattingly had those 10 years that he was stellar, the best player in the game in the 80s. Once he started having back issues, his career went downhill. Now, this guy hasn't played in about two and a half years. And he's this guy was a captain. I mean, he, David Wright was the Derek Jeter of the Mets, and he was a class act, Put a great, had great numbers. You know, unfortunately, only played for 10 years, pretty much. You know, he played, he had, let me, his numbers are solid. He batted 296 as a career average, 17, you know, almost 1,800 hits, 242 home runs, 970 RBIs. This guy was a seven-time All-Star, two Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger Award in 2007 and 2009, 30 for 30 club. Dude, he was a captain, man, and it was a shame. This guy played from 04, uh, 2018, but the last three years, he played like maybe 16 games. He tried to make a comeback this year, but you know what? Career's over, and you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit. He was um, he was out pretty much from 16 until this year. He was a class act in baseball. The Mets should be proud of this kind of player. This is no Bobby Bonilla. This is no, you know, Lenny Dykstra. This guy actually portrayed a, a good image. He was a Jeter-like player for the team. Did not bring Jeter titles, but hey, he was your captain. This was the face of the Mets for a long time, which they haven't had in a very long time. Props to um, David Wright as a great player that he was. 
and a great, great ambassador of the game and representative for the Mets. And this is a Yankee fan saying this kind of stuff. So I actually do mean it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Keep downloading. Keep listening. Uh, you know, this week, I actually I'm going to try to start posting these episodes, recording them on Tuesday, Tuesday nights. I want to see if I could grab some Monday games and then post them either that Tuesday night or Wednesday. But hey, keep downloading. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Hey, go check out my YouTube. I posted a new um, video, which is uh, the top five greatest point guards of all time. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening. This is your boy, E-Man, Average Joe Sports Talk. Peace. Oh.